amazing to me how turnaround is fair play. We it's it's coming home to roost for Jogan, for Team oh, Jogan. It is truly the sweetest plum. But do you know what <laughs> else? Sweetest is? plum. What yes, is going on right now. That I is, thought I was in a weird mood this morning. <laughs> <laughs> the sweetest plum. Describing something as the sweetest plum is definitely a Canadian press phrase. I was going to say CP, and no one would know what CP is. True, true, true. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am uh, Sheldon Alexander. I was going to say, like, I was going to describe myself, like, uh, and that's what the pause pause was. (laughs) Trust me, I do know my name. But I was going to describe myself in a certain way, and then I just, you know, blew the line, so. (laughs) <laughs> and this Just is push through. This is you killed it. A very punchy podcast about the challenge, talking about War of the Worlds two. Um, I I this was one of the more low key episodes I felt like in terms of like pacing, really, and, and energy, really. Well, because I went I, the complete opposite way. Well, I mean, obviously a huge, a couple of huge eliminations. But okay. it was also just, like, the tone. Like, there wasn't any, like, explosive moments compared to the past couple weeks. We start okay. off... fair enough. I loved this. We start off by Kaylee reviewing who is in her super strong alliance. It's, like, nine people. <laughs> it's a and whole house. It's basically... It's the whole... <laughs> it's easier to name the people not in her alliance. Tori, yeah. Jordan, Josh... Nani, Zach. And I just, I, I mean, we're going to get to the fireworks factory this episode, but what are they thinking having such a large alliance? Like, we've discussed this before. Having four people in your alliance is definitely the optimal size because you can't take nine people with you to the final on two teams. On two teams. Exactly. And also, like, being on the opposite team, like, not alliance-wise, but being on the opposite team from the rest of your alliance is also not the place that you want to be either because you have the least amount of numbers and you keep losing, meaning the opportunity for you to be on the chopping block is just that much more, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if the roles were reversed and the UK team was actually keeping their strongest players... Imagine like Polly and them have been chilling for how long? Because the, Polly knows doesn't matter what happens. I'm not going in anyways. Yeah. And so that's the part that's even more ridiculous when I look at just how the UK team has played things this season. It's it's ridiculous and incredible. Um, we also have a brief scene where Tori and Jordan are sharing maybe one square foot of a giant empty couch. <laughs> and she's clearly so hyped. This was clearly like right after her elimination because she's just got that like big win energy that people get, and it's nice to see. Yeah. Um, and she, I like, she said something like, "Oh, I'd hate to be another couple in this house." And then they showed Kara and Polly just looking miserable. Oh yes. Uh, the thing that I found so funny about the beginning of this episode was the fact that we the UK team was at a point, and this told me everything I needed to know about the UK team strategy, 
that Kaylee was leading their meetings. I was like, what's happening right now, right? She's saying that she doesn't want to get people checked. She doesn't want to see people being checked out. And she wants to make sure that everyone's on board. And I'm like, hold on. Kaylee's now the captain of your squad? That That's what's going on right now? That can't be a good, a, a nice place to be in, right? Well, How does I, that make sense? I think Joss and Rogan as the other potential team leaders are realizing how badly they've fucked up. <laughs> oh, it's it's actually incredible. But the other thing about that conversation that I found so weird is like they're trying to, you know, she's trying to get D on board, right? Like she's directing most of this at D and saying, hey, you know, we just want to make sure everyone's on the same page and things are getting out of hand, but we just got to be on the same side and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how can you possibly be telling this to D right now? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And her argument within this conversation and in the confessional, I actually agreed with, right? Yeah. She's in this terrible situation where she's trying to defend herself and they already threw her under the bus. What do you expect her to say? How do you expect her to react after they almost put her in? And then after they told her, we don't think that you can make a final and you're the weakest person on our team and you can't do this. And shouts to D for listing off the resume. I'm yeah. all here for the name check and, and, and the, you know, put some respect on my name and you, you run down the resume because it's true, right? It's absolutely true. She's totally right. I forgot how successful she and Wes were as a team. They won several eliminations. They were very strong in competitions. They were, they, I mean, all last season we were talking about how they were constantly in the tribunal. Like, yeah. they put together a very strong season. And you can't put it all on Wes. As much as we love Wes on You Killed It, like, and I don't. I think if we had Wes on, he would agree that it wasn't all him. That D carried her fair share of the weight. So it, either she's way, totally like right. it's impossible, especially with how the challenges were structured, right? In a team, when it's just you and your partner, and that's the format of the sh- the season. There's no way that you get that far. You get to a final, and it's just one person carrying the load. That doesn't. It's not how things work. And then when she broke it down and they ran the video of carrying the tires through the sand dunes, like, you can't do that by yourself, right? (laughs) Or the swimming challenges, carrying the puzzle pieces and stuff, you can't do that by yourself. So it's totally true. And I like that she put it in their faces. But the other thing that hit me was, oh, yeah, none of these people that she's talking to were around for that. Yeah. But also, how, how did they not watch the season? Like, and this yeah. is going to be a theme this episode of You Killed It. How did these people not prepare better? Like, how are you not doing your homework? I guess, I guess they were filming this as the last season was being, like, broadcast. So okay. yeah. they might not have been able to see it all. But also... Yeah. You know, MTV can get advanced screeners. Like, I know that this isn't me just, like, talking out of my ass. Let me rephrase this. The cast members get three or four episodes at a time through an online streaming service that's private so that they know what to tweet about. 
right? Like they have time to prep their responses. And yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sure you have, Sheldon, because you're smart. But listeners, I don't know if you've noticed this. Like the fact that the castmates have like gifts of themselves, uh, like ready to go as the show is being broadcast. Like that's no yeah, coincidence. Yeah, yeah. And in seasons where like this season's being broadcast right now, the current season's being filmed right now, right? Yeah. If there is someone on this season who is on the next season where and they're wherever and it's being filmed right now, they get all of their uh, episodes in advance so that they can like watch in advance and know what happens. So I don't know what the deal is if you weren't on the previous season and you're on the new season, but like the technology exists and MTV is willing to do it. So it's on them for not asking or like not saying to D and Wes when he was around, like, hey, how did it go last season? You know what I mean? For sure. But also on like all of that is totally true and one hundred percent factually, you know, straight facts you're spitting. But on top of all of that, how do you expect her to respond to her boyfriend in the house, her showman's partner? turning on her (laughs) in that moment and then thinking that it's okay because well he didn't actually go through with it he changed his mind at the end yeah it's just so ridiculous what if what if you know he'd been at a nightclub without her and almost goes home with another woman like is that okay like is almost is attempted murder now legal like ooh. Um, I'm just saying, like, it. I, we'll get to this later, but I was not super impressed with Dee's logic. In this scene, I was. I was proud of her in this scene, yeah. but... Yeah, it made me kind of shocked just where things ended up, but yeah, we'll get there. There's a Cam and Leroy cuddling scene, and really this is just building to set up what's going to happen in the actual challenge that comes up. And this challenge was just a straight swimming challenge, which you know is coming I mean there's probably been other swimming challenges so far but not just something like this where it was just a straight swim and that's it like that's the only part of this challenge right Mm -hmm. and (laughs) TJ says it right off the bat if you're not a very good swimmer today is not your day (laughs) and on (laughs) top of that not only did they have to swim to a buoy and back which is 150 meters away but also the slowest team and you're paired up, which is very important, which we'll get to, but you're paired up and the slowest pair is automatically eliminated. That to me is why this show is incredible because the curveballs just come out of left field and there's no way to prepare for it. There's no way to strategize for it really other nope. than, you know, keeping your swimmers around if you know the swimming challenge hasn't happened yet (laughs) or the purge hasn't happened yet (laughs) yeah but other than that do you know what i mean though like you can think that you're prepping and you can think that you're in a great spot and even when it came down to Kara, right as i said paulie and Kara have been chilling this whole season but yet when it came up that this was a challenge Kara was shook no oh she was very shook and and that's an, let's talk about Kara now because we got bigger fish to fry later on. Kara, like psychologically, is a mess, 
and Polly says it himself later on. She's been to like eight finals. She's won twice, yet she has zero self-confidence. None. None at all. And, I mean, Jordan's chirping her. Because notably, they're wearing life preservers. And yet she's having like a panic attack about drowning. Like It's super weird. She is a mess psychologically. And you can see it. And, like, you and I have sort of commented on it earlier. But, like, her insistence that people not part of the alliance vote along with her is also crazy right like we even saw it with uh i guess it was two episodes when she and polly and zach were all in the same tribunal and zach was like listen you guys have the numbers you vote the way you want to vote you're gonna get what you want i'm gonna vote my way and she was mad at him about it and like you and i at the time commented about how like why the need for like a unified force like what what's going on here and i think it really shows how shook she is even though there's no need for it like there is no need for Kara to be as paranoid and unsettled as she is like she has a rock solid alliance and at the core of it is her and polly like she has someone who a hundred percent has her back right like more so than d and rogan like you know what I mean? Like, totally. She has someone that is so firmly behind her back, and yet she's freaking out. Like, it's it's very strange. I think the issue with Kara, she's in her own head for sure. We know that's that's a thing. And Polly brings it up later on, just talking about you can swim. It's just you get in your own head, and then as Jordan says, pro tip: if you're talking. <laughs> If you're talking and yelling, then you're not breathing properly. And if you're not breathing properly, you're not swimming properly, right? So that turns into being her issue. And the weirdest part of this whole thing is Kara is so rattled and so annoying that she's making Polly likable. Yeah. Polly continues to be likable. And that, well, first of all, I have two things to say. First of all, um, a fun fact, Outcast used to practice like improve their cardio by running around the block while rapping because of exactly what jordan said so like it is totally an issue um no makes sense makes total sense i also have a lengthy listener question about polly hold on let me find it should have been more prepared for this polly questions i don't know like this is a lot of time being dedicated to polly and cara I know. I really don't like, I mean, yeah. We'll get back to them. I don't like Polly that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really just buying time for you to find the, to the tweet. That's really all I'm doing right now. <laughs> thank you. Hey, I do what I can. I do what I can. But uh, the so, thing with Polly and Kara is even in, in the thing for Kara, I can tell so far too, is that it's about power. And she yeah. just likes having the power. Even when she was talking to Cam and Leroy and being like, oh, you guys are the power couple. It used to be us, but now it's you guys. Like, she in that couldn't even just say you guys are the power couple. She had to mention, well, it was us, but now it's you guys. Well, Like, it's why, her handing it to them, you know? Why is but she anyways. thinking in that way, right? Like, why 
can't you just be like, oh, you guys are a cute couple. Like, why does it have to be about power? Anyway, here is the question from longtime listener Raven Ramsey. And I'm quoting it verbatim. In reality TV, especially on the challenge, Big Brother, Survivor, etc., the castmates are either born as the hero and die the hero, like Landon, Jenna, uh, Davon. Uh, you are born, or you are born the hero and ling live long enough to see yourself become the villain, like Hunter, Kara, Natalie, um, Paul from Big Brother. That's for you, Sheldon. Or you are born the villain and live long enough to watch yourself become the hero, like CT. Rachel Riley from Big Brother, another one for Sheldon, Veronica. So Rachel's question is, are we slowly going to see Polly go from hero to villain, aka is he a knockoff cheap dollar store Napoleon complex bad hair day version of young CT minus having a DM? So in other words, are we watching Polly become one of the good guys on the challenge? No. No. I no. am curious. Go ahead. I want to hear more about this. No, because like there's a different way that he's been playing the game. People that I like in the game, and we'll get to this, Jordan, whether you hate Jordan or not, part of his appeal is that he's in there winning eliminations. And people that I rep in this game, whether it's Wes, whether it's even Bananas, and I'm not talking about people I like, but people that I'll, I'll respect them and I'll rep them for their challenge careers, part of it is going into eliminations and kicking ass that's not Polly's game at all right like I don't think we've seen Polly really go in in his whole challenge career we've seen him go into eliminations but it's not like it's not the same to put him in the same category as like the CTs the Wesses the Bananas and I'm not talking about winning but even go to the Killer Cams even the Tories that as we're seeing right now but I'm talking about people who have had their season where you just got to go in every single time and you're just winning eliminations and that's why you're sticking around. That hasn't really been Paulie's angle. And for me personally, when I see someone go into eliminations repeatedly, that's when I turn the corner and I'm like, no, I rep that person. That person's hype. I think that Paulie only appears like one of the good guys this season because everyone else looks so bad like there are so many people this season that have made stupid choices that have been incredibly emotional like he's only seeming rational and likable by comparison so and because Kara's ridiculous yeah totally. yeah yeah but not just not just Kara, but like josh right uh, Joss and Rogan. Like, there's so many people who are being idiots that yeah. Polly comes across as the voice of reason. Kara more than anyone. Like, Kara is the one that's, especially with the whole Jordan and Tori um, getting engaged thing. That's that's really what makes Polly look good. And he's just replying, like, he's just acting like a normal human being. <laughs> right like he's not going to like great lengths of nobility he's just being a human a normal reasonable human being no i don't disagree with that i don't disagree at all anyway uh back to the competition 
yeah, puzzling there's swim. There's so many interesting pieces to me about this competition because, again, as much as you try to plan, there's certain things that you can't account for numbers-wise, right? So there's one extra guy on the UK side, so that means that person has to go by themselves. They have to do the swim by themselves, which obviously is a huge advantage because you're you're arguably not being held back by a slower swimmer, right? Yep. So, and then on the uh, American side, sorry, on the American side, there's an extra woman competitor. And so, in that instance, that person sits out and doesn't swim. And that adds two completely different wrinkles for each team to deal with, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you look at it from the UK side, the argument is because remember they're coming in talking about how weak of a player D is how weak of a swimmer D is so basically nobody wants to swim with D that's kind of that's kind of the starting point and right away I'm going to be super honest and shouts to how they put the show together and it's just from watching this show for way too long that I knew exactly what was going down but as soon as they showed Kaylee and Joss partnering up and Joss being like Joss looks at her and and Joss says oh I'm gonna go with Kaylee and Kaylee turns to him and says yeah I'm faster he asks her he actually asks and says hey are you faster you're faster than the rest of them right than the other girls and she's like yeah yeah yeah." as soon as I saw that and it was subtitled so it was something that like you know some dope producer or editor found do you know what I'm saying like found while they were putting it together I was like ah ha ha I know this is gonna be big (laughs) and I got super excited also because we know Kaylee's not a good swimmer and for you to outright say that you're faster than everyone else like where where's the proof where's the tape no yeah no you're totally right I did not pick up on that subtlety I was more focused on CT saying to Rogan, like, hey, man, you insisted that D should go to the final until, like, yesterday. You can swim with her. I'm, I'm going to go swim by myself. I also like... He's right. He is right. He's, he, he's totally right. I also like the interaction where Zach actually had impeccable logic here, where he was saying to Ninja, like, obviously, Ninja, you're our worst female swimmer. You're not going to swim. He's like, but this is why I hate you. <laughs> like, he, he was so <laughs> clear. He's like, just, just so we're clear, this is why you suck. Like, this is why you're terrible. Because you don't practice swimming. And now these <laughs> and four... And now you're putting the other girls at risk. Yeah. These four are all at risk because you suck at swimming. And, like, we but have to I put thought... the team first. So, of course, what, jo- what uh, Zach is saying is mean, right? Like... Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I'm not fully endorsing mean. it, despite the fact that I did laugh when it happened. But his his ire is misguided because it should be aimed at Polly and Kara. Yeah, right. Because if I'm if I'm Zach in that moment, I'm saying, "See, Kara, this is what you get. You kept Ninja around, and now your head might be on the chopping block because this is a swimming challenge. She's clearly the worst one." And we're not going to put her in the swimming challenge now, so you might be going home. That's where he should have directed his frustrations at. Not necessarily Ninja, because it's not her fault she stayed. It's a classic don't hate the player, hate the game, right? It's not Ninja's fault that she's still there. 
yep. other people protected her. It's true. Um, but yeah, in terms of the partners, the Kaylee Joss thing was incredible. That breakdown again, like I know I just said it, but like he blatantly asked, Hey, are you sure you can beat all the other girls? She says, yes. But what else is she going to say? <laughs> First off in that moment, because she knows that Josh is a really good swimmer, but the other interaction I thought was really cool was the Josh and Nani. Yeah. Because right away, Nani was like, everyone's kind of like looking away, look at other directions. But Josh confidently looked at her and said, no, uh, let's you're my partner. And Josh is a really good swimmer. So that made her feel good about the situation as opposed to Kara, who's nervous about even going with her boyfriend, Polly, because she doesn't trust her own swimming. And then we all know Leroy struggles. If you're a fan of the challenge and you've been rocking with the challenge for a while, you know Leroy's history with swimming. And the fact that him and Cam right away were like, no, we're going together. I thought that was really interesting mix as well. So heading into this, I was super excited because he didn't really know which direction it was going in, but you knew that it would be close. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, we thought it would be close, but D ended up absolutely crushing Leroy and beating Cam. Like yeah. if, if you actually look at the times, D was the fourth or fifth worst swimmer, which I know is like praising <laughs> with like an insult, but like she beat Cam, she beat Leroy, she beat Joss, she beat Kaylee. She's a better swimmer than those four, like full stop. Maybe she's not Joss, we don't know the timing, but like she put in a solid performance and it's because unlike Kara, and unlike Kaylee, she tried. Like, she put mm -hmm. some effort in, right? Um, yeah. But I alluded to this before. I don't understand how, if you're going to be a regular competitor on the challenge, you're not practicing swimming. Like, yeah. they have those lessons for free at the YMCA. Like, well, I... I, I really like Leroy but I'm at the point now like how many seasons has he been on but I go the other way with Leroy at least because we forget now and I know it's been a lot of seasons but my guy legit like couldn't swim at all that's true and like this is a difficult swim yeah right? like I, I feel like even far. if you can swim the people who are the strong swimmers they it's not like they killed it no do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it still seemed like it was a difficult swim for even the people that could swim. Leroy is like, what, two years into his swimming experience? I don't I don't know. Maybe long. it's longer than that. But point is, as a grown adult, he had to learn how to swim. And, you know, almost impressed that he finished. And I know that they're wearing life jackets, but I kind of think that if you can't swim and you have a life jacket on, meaning you don't know how to even like position your body properly in the yeah. water, right? Cause it's making it more awkward. You in the water. If you're, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You I see don't know. People give up in certain instances, right? Yeah. I well, I think Kaylee gave up. Like, I think that was part of the problem. Well, there's, and the other thing I don't get is the different strategies. Like, cause you seen Kara go to the backstroke yeah. You've seen other people go to the backstroke, which I think I find kind of weird. I, I thought that was super weird. But 
I know it's super early, but I thought that during this challenge, you could tell that the dynamics between the teammates was super interesting. Ashley, who doesn't get along with Zach, was saying how good of a job Zach was doing in terms of coaching her along. Yeah. Right? He was he was encouraging her. He was being a really good partner. Obviously, you know that's going to happen with Jordan and Tori. Uh, Polly was getting frustrated with Kara, as we mentioned already, because Kara is just, like, losing it. And you look at the other partners, and there wasn't really much help from Joss to Kaylee. And when you look at D, D was just, like, self-motivating herself, which she said beforehand when Rogan's trying to gas her up, and she's like, get out of here. I don't need you. I don't need you to hype me up. And she was right. She was self-motivated because if you remember how it started, she they were behind Cam and Leroy. And D ends up pass like not only catching up to Leroy, but then full on passing them. And that alone was a great accomplishment to see that go down. So I gotta give a shout to D. But the second shout out I wanna give in this, John, is to Josh. Okay. Cause if you remember at one point, they're swimming, they're doing all right, but then on the way back, Josh just had Nani grab onto his life jacket, and he swam her back. That was, I was stunned by that. Like, I know Josh is, is obviously, he's a big guy, he's super strong, and we know that he's a strong swimmer, but that's still a huge feat, and smart strategy that we didn't really see anyone else do as well, and it helped his team get more of a head start, no? Because they ended up crushing Joss and Kaylee. And the thing that we won't know is how disheartening it is if you are Joss and Kaylee. And Josh, and I know I'm getting confused here between Joss and Kaylee and then Joshua and Nani. <laughs> but if you're Kaylee and you start seeing them pass you and now they're way ahead of you, that's disheartening if you're Kaylee. Oh, yeah. As opposed to if it's close and now you're trying to, like, win a race. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm giving a lot of credit to Josh here, which I know is very weird, but I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him credit here. So we've already said it. Joss and Kaylee are the slowest. They're the ones that are out. And as a lot of people point out, this is why you shouldn't hold on to shitty players right yeah. like yeah uh joss is crying in confessional he realizes that if he had jenny or georgia both of whom he fucked over he would have been better off than with kaylee and like Whoa. nani pointed out too like georgia would have crushed at this but joss instead played this super scared game and it's come to bite him in the ass like there's no other way about it two things we said it at the time right multiple episodes in a row we said how dumb of a move Josh and Rogan are making here because when you're getting down to the nitty-gritty you need to have a strong team because not only because of the purge but just you need to be winning challenges because the only way you can stay out of the elimination is to win challenges and as long as you keep putting in your your strongest players and having weaker players on your team, the more susceptible you are to losing. But we got a comment here from Mona, who wrote in and said, 
The funniest thing is Georgia actually told Kaylee and Joss to their face that they're going to get purged out when she got eliminated. Yeah. That happened. That's incredible. But Georgia was right. And and it is so ironic, too, that Georgia is a super strong swimmer and would have just crushed that challenge. And that could have been your partner if you're Joss. And we saw the signs of Joss regretting his decisions afterwards. But even even still, forget about voting out Georgia and Jenny. That's extremely dumb, right? We can all agree on that? Yeah. The fact that he was being convinced by Kaylee based off of, again, who knows what. <laughs> like, why, why were you putting your faith in Kaylee? Kaylee is not some, like, challenge vet that has won a bunch of challenges and has been on the show forever and ever. Do you know what I'm... Like, it just made no sense to me that because Kaylee was telling Joss, hey, this is what we need to do. We need to send in this person. He was just like... Okay, yeah, this is what we're going to do. What? That made no sense. I mean, I'm just going to put this out there. Joss and Rogan have played one of the worst political games I have ever seen on this show. Like, from start to finish, from they had Wes, one of the best political players in the game, in their corner, and they, under the slightest pressure, cracked and ratted him out to Jordan. Right? Correct. That's the first episode of this season. And since then, it's just been bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Like, just horrible decision making. Well, it's, isn't it funny that they went from being it. on... Isn't it funny how they went from being on Wes's side to then Wes getting eliminated and then immediately flipping to the other side, which is Polly and Kara, right? Yep. And thinking that now all of a sudden, even though Paulie's sitting there and Paulie obviously knows that you were riding with Wes and their whole thing for how long has been, we're getting out anyone who was with those people, but they kept you along and you believe them that they had your best interests in heart when all they did was eliminate your better players and you just rolled with it because you're like, oh, we got to roll with the numbers. Like, it made no sense. They had so many opportunities to reverse course, and they didn't do it. And if you think about it, was it last week? Yeah, last week when uh, Tori eliminates Jenny. If at that moment they just made the smart move to say, we're going to keep Jenny, and we're going to make Tori go against someone crappy on the other team, or even if it was just Kaylee they threw in, which, okay, I understand why you might not do that, but... Let's say they put in Ninja or just someone from the other side and Tori beats that person. How much better off is the UK team in this swimming challenge, right? With with Tori and with Jenny as opposed to having D and Kaylee. I know. It's... It just makes no sense. Like the... They had so many opportunities and they made the wrong decisions each and every way and you mentioned sorry i know i'm going off here no i love it no but you mentioned joss crying Mm -hmm. and i immediately thought of joel Embiid. and the reason (laughs) i thought of joel Embiid is because i understand people crying when they lose a competition you lose a battle you lose something that you put so much effort into and 
I, I get it. But just like Joel Embiid, that guy doesn't get to cry <laughs> when he loses because he's the reason why his team lost. He messed up and did a whole bunch of trash and knew that he was doing the fuckery and said the wrong things, and then he lost. That guy doesn't get to cry. Joss, same thing. You don't get to cry. I don't feel sorry for you that you lost. You fucked up. It's on you. So his tears, whereas normally I'm like, uh, I kind of feel sorry for that guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, tough break. Nah, bro. That's your own. That's your own problem. You fucked up. And before we started, I said that I was scrolling on Twitter trying to see someone's comments. And I went to Josh's page and I was like, oh, he didn't even tweet. Normally, my dude has a lot to say after after challenge episodes. Remember when he was talking trash after uh, was it the which episode was it? He made the wrong choice and he tried to spin it into it was Georgia. Oh, I made the right decision. It was it was Georgia. It was a Georgia one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we made the strong decision. We got a stronger member on our team and blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, bro, you fucked up. You yeah. fucked up. And I don't feel sorry for you for crying. Maybe maybe uh, Kaylee can wipe your tears away. You know who was crying was Leroy, who was... These were tears of relief that he yeah. and Cam were not eliminated. Because yeah. they really struggled. Uh, obviously, swim challenges are always dicey for the both of them. Cam's not a great swimmer either. And mm -hmm. he absolutely just broke down. Instantly. Instantly, sobbing. Which brings me to a tweet from uh, Lawrence Thomas, long to super fan LT. He said three LT. men <laughs> three men cried on the challenge this week. Three, all for different reasons, sadness, joy, and regret. That's the level of emotion we're at right now and I'm here for all of it. I'm with yeah. you LT. I am with yeah. you. The Leroy thing was really cool, man, because we obviously do a podcast on the challenge which means we're obviously heavily invested in the show in terms of avid watchers. And we've been watching for obviously way longer than we've been doing the podcast. But we know Leroy in terms of the fact that my guy could not swim at all. And add in the fact that he hasn't won a challenge. And it's just the most important thing to him. But how many years did he lose just because he couldn't swim? You know, and it's just been such a long ride and we've watched it all that as I was saying to you earlier, John, the fact that he was even able to finish that, I was like, bravo to him, knowing that he couldn't even move in previous challenges in the water. He couldn't even move. Right. It, as soon as the water challenge came up, it was like, all right, Leroy's out. He's yep. eliminated. Good job, Leroy. See you next season. And instead in this one, like. He just kept going, swam his heart out. And maybe he broke down crying because in part he thought, oh, man, not this again. I cost myself and Cam this season. Or maybe he just, you know, is thinking back to all the times that he couldn't swim. Right. And how, you know, the the good old lesson that hard work pays off. Yeah. Either way, I felt good for him, man. And you could tell the rest of the, the cast mace felt really good for him as well. It was good to see. It was good to see. Range so, of emotions, as LT says. So back at the house, we have Kara and Polly 
having some tension. We don't need to talk about them anymore. Although I did laugh when she said to the camera to in confessional, being in a challenge house in a relationship is the worst. Meanwhile, Leroy and Cam have repaired their relationship and never been closer, and Tori and Jordan got engaged. But yeah, it's hard being in the challenge house with your partner. Um, And D, this is significant, D and Rogan talk to try to sort out their issues. And D says that she wants to work it out with Rogan. You beautiful idiot, D. And... Um, try, you know, basically he throws Joss under the bus saying it was all Joss's idea, which yeah. like, I understand why he's doing that in the moment. It's going to cost him. Like, it's clear that Rogan has no intention of having his relationship with D continue outside of the house, right? Like there's no, when she watches this season, there's no recovering from the things he's done behind her back. You know what I mean? Well, for sure. And I think this scene is just a continuation of the stupidity of this UK team. Because, D, how do you come... Like, at this stage of the game, why do you need to side with Rogan again? Yeah. There's no need. Right? Like, if Rogan... Like, she says, I have no one else to turn to on my team. Like, you could just be link up with CT. You throw in Rogan, and now it's you and CT against, like, and I'm saying against, but not really, but it's you and CT and Tori and Jordan. Yep. Like, what, what's the big deal there? I don't I don't understand why she felt the need to go back onto Rogan's side, especially after everything that happened, especially after you showed such great strength in terms of believing in yourself when he didn't. And instead of taking him at his word and it, or sorry, taking him at his actions, right? Yeah. You're taking him at his words of what he's telling you in the moment. And to be honest, in terms of how this game is played, I got to give Rogan some credit here because he played his, he played his hand really well. He said whatever he needed to say to get her to not want to throw him in. Mm-hmm. And, Throwing Joss under the bus is a great move. Joss isn't there to defend himself, and it doesn't matter anymore that, you know, whose idea was it. And saving CT makes it less of a hassle for him as well. So it was just a smart move to blame it all on Joss, and it seems pretty believable. So I, I give Rogan credit in the moment for taking a situation where he could be totally screwed and flipping it, and she seemed all right. I don't know. Um... So we get to the tribunal. Yeah. And the vote was so fast that when I was, like, fast-forwarding through uh, my PVR, through the commercials, I missed the original vote. So I had to back (laughs) it up. They voted uh, for, I should say, CT and Rogan voted for Jordan. And D's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say something first. And she actually had some nice things to say where she was like, hey, you know what? Like, this has been a hard couple days for me. Uh, And like, I thought you and Tori were against me, but you guys were so supportive of when I was swimming. Um, But I'm loyal to a fault, so I'm going to stick it out. But like, it's not personal. And Jordan was like, hey, I get it. And then in confessional, Jordan's like, you are loyal to a fault. 
you're an idiot. I hope this bites you in the ass. For sure. And Which, he's totally right. He is. Again, it is, it's in the you, process of biting them in the ass. Like, it's happening. The karma is being visited it, on them. For her to say loyal to a fault and that being said right after she mentions the fact of how supportive Jordan and Tori were just furthers my point of why do you need Rogan? If Jordan and Tori were supportive of you and being really good teammates and then the numbers are even so you could just partner with CT, what's the problem here? It really made no sense. Uh, but the other part we missed out on because obviously the purge was a big deal, but because the US team won, which got to give credit to Polly for solving the puzzle, mm-hmm. which did you solve the puzzle, John? No. Okay, I, tried. I was wondering because you're smarter than me and I didn't solve it. Oh, I'm so not I was smarter assuming that than maybe you, you but thank you. So, I mean, give credit to Polly for figuring that out. It's a very interesting puzzle. Um, but that meant that the tribunal obviously was made up of the American team and they elected Ninja, who didn't even compete. But then she chose the two strongest swimmers or the fastest swimmers, which were. Ashley and Zach and it was very funny because Ninja then asked like it turned into this weird conversation that didn't need to happen yeah where Ninja's asking Jordan about if he has any regrets which who cares I actually agree with with Zach like Ninja's just going she's just going off for no reason but the interesting thing I thought was Ashley asking Jordan who he wants and Jordan wants Rogan but we all know that that wasn't going to happen Right? Like, we knew that wasn't going to happen. We can skip the restaurant scene. Right? Like, nothing happens there. No. I just didn't get why Rogan was knighting CT and D and why. And and his speech was so terrible, but he was reading it. So I was like, wait, you wrote it down and that's what you came up with? Well, I, I did laugh. I mean, I had noted this down earlier on and I'm glad they addressed it. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's hilarious that the Brits have played so badly that there's no British people left on the UK team except for Rogan. <laughs> of all of them. It's Rogan's uh, Of last all one. of them. Like, talk <laughs> about, like, they have successfully eliminated so many good British players. Like, they had Kyle. They had Georgia. They had Theo. They had Jenny. They had Bear. Bear. Like, but they're like, nah. <laughs> This is who we're riding or dying with. An American who has the deepest possible ties to Cara Maria. An Australian who, by our own admission, is our worst player. And Rogan... Who they were about to throw in. Yeah, and Rogan, who who didn't even make it through a full episode on his debut season. Good job, guys. Yeah, that sums up how terrible the UK team has been. But for the benefits of us, it's been awfully entertaining. It has. (laughs) But you're right. There's nothing else that we really need to say about that. Um, We did have another scene with Polly talking to Rogan and CT about Kara. Kara's in the pool working on her breathing, and he makes the very fair point that she's not coachable, that she just needs to believe in herself. Um, I'm, I don't know if you know this, Sheldon, this is a tiny spoiler, but Kara and Polly are not on the next season of the challenge. 
and I oh. am okay with that. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I am, yeah, I'm quite at peace with that. And I honestly think it's going to be good for them, like, mentally. Like, I don't think Kara is in a good place mentally. Um, we've said this before of other longtime veteran castmates who come back season after season. We saw it with Camilla. Uh, we saw it with there's someone else. I think that to some degree with Johnny Bananas. I think yep. there's severe mental burnout. And so just for like their her own sake, I'm glad that Kara's taking a season off. I think it'll totally be good for Totally agree with that one. Um, totally agree with that one. So we go to the Proving Ground. Yes. Which Jordan sees it's a tug of war and immediately says in confessional, I'm down a whole hand. Like, this is yeah. not a great situation for me. And I'm glad, I always feel bad bringing up uh, Jordan's handicap, his disability. But, like, the guy fucking crushes it in mm -hmm. so many physical competitions. And his disability, it really is hard. Like, we have seen him do incredible things that I could not do as a fully able-bodied person. And yet he just destroys and then like we're gonna talk about this competition because I think it was a classic but I'm just always blown away by how impressive Jordan is an athlete all things considered yeah and the way that you know because he's growing up being super athletic and playing different sports and doing just like an assortment of physical activities he's learned how to um how to compensate for not having a hand. And so when you look at something like this, where it's a tug of war, but because it's a challenge and there's so many wrinkles all the time to everything that they do, it's not just a straight up tug of war. They're on a platform and the ropes underneath a, a board. So you can't really see until, you know, you can't really see who's really winning until like you know you pull out so much of the rope but the reason i bring that up is because they add a level of strategy that makes it not just a tug of war and so that's kind of how they even the playing field because you look at it and you think okay well this is perfect if josh was ever gonna win a challenge or win an elimination or if you were gonna pick someone to take out jordan this might be it like this actually makes sense and i was actually on the side where i thought wow the americans for all their feeble attempts of trying to get jordan and tory out they all backfired but this might be their best chance that's what i honestly thought going into this and yep. i thought that finally we're gonna see jordan you know remember when he lost the bananas yep and it was basically like he had to punch through the wall and it was it was clear that having one hand actually hurt him in that challenge. Yep. I thought we were going to we we were probably going to see the same thing here. But the way that they edited this elimination as well and allowed Jordan to explain exactly what was going on. That to me is what makes this show so dope. Do you, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I noted in my notes um 
that basically this competition was designed to eliminate Jordan. Right? Uh-huh. But I did note that he might have two things going for him over Josh, and that is stamina and mm-hmm. um, agility, like balance. But you're yeah. right. Like It seemed like Jordan was done for. However, Jordan is really smart, and he goes as fast as he can to get as much rope as he can. And he keeps... When it come when it, the uh, Hold rope on, with one hand with one hand, when the rope is actually taut, uh, when it's tight, he will Joshua like pull, and Jordan will give him a little bit of rope, right? Like Jordan doesn't really give like doesn't really fight that much because Josh is Josh might well, certainly has like fifty pounds on Jordan, right? Yeah. But Jordan describes in confessional that he's looking for a tell in Josh's body language Mm -hmm. and looks to see if Josh does anything when he's about to make like a big move. And so when, you know, for two or three times, they have this thing where Josh will like make a big move and Jordan will like struggle just like for a second and then give him some rope. But once he figures out the tell, he gives Josh a ton of rope and Josh essentially falls backwards off of the uh, pedestal because it was too much slack. And like, I was blown away by this. This was so smart. And I yeah. noted like, man, imagine losing a tug of war to a smaller one handed man. And I wrote, I actually wrote this down. Jordan yeah. is a fucking gangster. Yeah. I have never been impressed by an elimination like this to me is just as impressive as the ct carrying johnny bananas knapsack and i know people might think that i'm exaggerating but when you literally break this all down because it's not that i thought that josh was just gonna crush jordan no i thought jordan had a chance and i was very interested to see what strategy jordan would use because Again, you go into this and you think, okay, well, it's just a tug of war. So maybe he'll just, you know, as you mentioned, have more stamina. But you watch and how it actually took place. And so the first time they go through it, and I likened it to a pitcher tipping their pitches. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, there's a bit of a tell when a curveball's coming. Or, you know what I mean? Or the fastball. And you, you see the tell, and so... Jordan knows and he just got it. He just has to time it. And this also comes from experience on the challenge, because how many times have we seen whether it's whiplash, whether it's something like that, where you use the other person's uh, weight and momentum against them? Yeah. Right. We've seen different challenges where that comes into play. And this is a perfect example of that. So he's waiting. He's waiting. He sees Josh is about to pull, lets him pull and he pulls himself off. That works once. And I was like, well, that's amazing. There's no way that can happen multiple times in a row. Can it? And it did like two other times. And the the strategy, the dope strategy that Jordan went from the first go around where, you know, he did that looks for the tell lets Josh pull himself off. But then the second round, the way that Jordan fakes as if he's losing his balance and goes up on one leg to make Josh think okay, now all I have to do is pull him off. And as soon as Josh does that again, because Jordan's faking it, he gives him the rope and Josh loses again. I'm like, 
Yo, this guy, man. It was a masterclass. It was a masterclass. I honestly couldn't believe that he pulled it off three times. Like, I, well, the way I pictured it in my head was I thought the only way that um, Jordan's going to pull this off is I thought that, like, I was surprised when he won the first round. And then I was like, okay, well, what's he going to do now? He's just going to have to tire out Josh. Because I do mm-hmm. think that although Josh is a bigger guy and probably a stronger guy, I think Jordan's in better shape. Like I said, I think he has better stamina. Totally. So I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, Jordan's going to have to lose a couple rounds now and just like gas out Josh and then muscle him over. But Jordan just kept playing literally the rope-a-dope and yeah. was able to just outsmart Josh three times in a row. Well, the thing too about it is... So, I keep emphasizing this because, as Jordan mentioned in his confessional, when they're both holding on, and it's like a stamina matchup, right? And they're both holding on, Josh is able to distribute the the pressure onto two forearms, right? Yeah. Jordan's only doing that on one because, like, he's kind of using his other hand or his his other arm as, like, a guide just to, like, hold it against his side. Right? Because obviously he can't grip it. Yeah. So the strategy of w- what I thought was Josh just, if Josh just holds his ground, he can wait out Jordan. I thought that that was Josh's play, but I don't even know if that would work. Because how Jordan could probably just sit there for a very long time just chilling. Because if he just has it loose, he's literally just using that other hand just to hold it. Yeah. Right? So. That was the thing where I'm like, fuck, Josh might be really screwed. But as soon as you see Jordan's strategy in the second round, that's when you know Josh is really screwed. Because come third round now, you don't know which way Jordan's going to go. So now you're full on fucked. There's nothing you can do if you're Josh. You're just screwed. Because he just beats you in two different ways that you don't know which strategy he's going to use in this round. And now you don't even know what strategy you're playing now because you completely switched to playing defense. (laughs) Meaning all the strengths and advantages that you had in terms of being stronger than him, in terms of having two hands, doesn't matter anymore because now he's put you on defense. And he's in your head and you're tired. And it's a wrap. Well, that's that's one of the points that uh, Jordan makes is that Josh is clearly gassed. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can see it. And, like, I mean, we're sort of dogging Josh here. But I no, think I'm, Josh I'm definitely gave not. It, I'm giving all the credit to Jordan. I th- Yeah, I think Josh tried his best, mm-hmm. but he just got outmaneuvered. Like, he just, like, he... I think he showed, like, I mean, the sweat was literally dripping off Josh. Like, this wasn't a half-assed effort by Josh. He just got totally outplayed. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think that it's a knock on Josh at all, because I honestly think that most people that would have went into this challenge would have went into it as a classic tug-of-war. Yeah, I don't think that most people would have had the strategy that Jordan would have had. And maybe Jordan's forced into that strategy because of his disability. Right. But either way, I don't think most people would have had that strategy, which is probably the best strategy to have, regardless of whether you have one or two hands. Yeah. Right. Because if you're just there trying to like out muscle the other person, 
like now it's a strength and endurance instead of just making it a total smarts thing man Jordan I was super impressed not that I thought he had no chance of winning but just the way that he did it I felt bad for Josh yeah I I really did honestly going in I underestimated Jordan I thought that he was gonna lose um but that like I thought he would do all right like I thought he put in a good showing because he's not a quitter he is It'd be like a moral victory yeah but I thought he was done for uh, just because it was, I mean, it's it's a fucking tug of war, and he has one hand, and he's doing a tug of war against a guy that is twice his size. Yeah, like it, it's yeah. just it. The odds seem too high. Um, so he wins, and I just I, I want to like, just I just need to talk about like the lay of the land now. Okay. Kaylee at the start of the episode was talking about her giant alliance. Okay. That alliance is now down two people because they lost Kaylee and Josh. Joss. Co- correct. Uh, Josh is in the other alliance. Like he's in the Jordan Tory alliance, sort of. More of a my enemy is my like the friend of my the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of alliance. But like he's gone. And, I mean, at the end of the episode, I think it was Zach saying how, like, now the odds are the odds are even. There's only five people on the British team and, like, eight people left on the American team. But he's kind of right. Like, there's still some great individual competitors. But now um, the Americans, like, Kara is just a mess mentally. And she and Polly are, you know, sort of at each other's throats. Um, And I think that, I still think that Leroy could be flipped back in the right circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot depends on which way Cam is going. And obviously the British team is, now it's like, it's Jordan, Tori, Rogan, and CT and D like they're a little more unified in an odd way even though D should not be unified with them it's just Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting circumstance that they're in as just like for everyone now Um, totally agree what do you think of like the composition of the house now I think it's all wide open but it always goes back to the same narrative in every single season of the challenge where you have to be able to win eliminations and so where Tori and Jordan seem to be screwed and even when they made the flip and went to the UK side of things right you thought maybe that would help them and it didn't really because they still ended up being in every elimination anyways it just shows that at the end of the day if you want to make it to the finals, most often than not, you just have got to be prepared and willing to get your ass in eliminations and win. Regardless of what the alliances are, doesn't matter. It yeah. really, really doesn't matter. You're right. It does not. Uh, what was your line of the episode? Uh, there are a couple, for sure. There are a couple. But Jordan, I thought, when he was making fun of Kara... And he's like, you talk, he says, 
when you talk the game that you talk and you can't swim in a life jacket <laughs> yeah it it just was so poignant to me that like it was like oh yeah like you really can't talk up big game about being the power anything and you can't swim but then add in you can't swim in a life jacket and it's like come on man that's horrible but i thought that was good but also tori when uh just before the elimination and she says in her confessional she's like jordan better come back if he goes i'm making everyone's everyone's life a living hell i'm putting ketchup in the bed is is that a thing yep i was like okay ketchup in the bed all right um my line of the episode was after he loses uh tj says to josh like great effort really impressive hope to see you back soon like the like normal platitudes and he leaves and tj turns to jordan and he's like i was just trying to be polite back there <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> and like i can't i'm not gonna like get the exact quote right but just just the like when he turns to him he's like i was just trying to be polite that killed yeah. me that like, had you, me... Almost, you i think he said something along the lines of you clearly dominated that yeah something like that yeah like i tj i always find toward the end of the season that tj is the one that's really getting those great one-liners because i think he gets sick of their shit (laughs) and yeah he also he's seeing how like dumb the other teams are playing right in terms of you know you keep throwing in jordan yeah and just seeing the performance that jordan had as well like it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. He would also, uh, TJ would also hate how many uh, daily competitions have been thrown. True. Like, like he he would not like how this game is going down. This season's yeah. going down. Um, who killed it for you this week? I mean, it's too obvious that it's Jordan. Yeah. Uh, that performance alone, that elimination, we, we went through it in depth and that was honestly i'm not exaggerating i'm not about hyperbole at all that was one of the greatest performances i've seen in an in an elimination because of the surprise factor but just the strategy factor and that's why i love this show so much because the way that the 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 game operates there's so many levels to it you think something's about strength and it's not you think something's just about the puzzle and it's not and it's there's so many twists and turns and Shouts to Jordan and Tori, man. They just keep going through it and putting in work. But this is also one of those weeks, John, where it's not wrong to highlight the LVP. Uh, yep. <laughs> and that's your man's Joss <laughs> from the Frosted Tips, <laughs> which is, like, not a look in 2019. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, I... I, I beg people to try and send in a worse played season than what Josh just did. Like, that's horrible. How on earth do you put your game in the hands of Kaylee? <laughs> that makes no sense. Kaylee and Rogan. That makes no sense. None. I Josh was playing other people's games, and it costs him. I, you know what? I think we should actually really appeal and ask to our listeners, please, listeners, can you name a worse season played by anyone 
than Joss and Rogan. Like, I guess Rogan gets the edge right now because he's still in there. But seriously, yeah. has anyone had a worse season ever than Joss and Rogan? And I want to piggyback on your MVP. I agree. It's got to be Jordan. I think that's one of the... I said at the top of this episode that this wasn't really an explosive episode. And by that, I mean there wasn't like a hall brawl or like some big dramatic blow up. There wasn't like... Jordan wasn't talking mad shit. Like, I don't think there's any beef between him and Josh. But all that being said, that was one of the most dominant eliminations we've ever seen. Like, so masterful, so clever. And, like, it's not like a highlight reel domination, like the famous Johnny Bananas backpack. But it was still just, like, so methodical and, like, well executed. And it, we're at the point now with Jordan and Tori. As longtime listeners know, one of my favorite seasons of the challenge is Fresh Meat 2, and not just because it was in Canada. And in that season, Kenny and Laurel got put in week after week after week after week and ended up eliminating everybody on uh, Wes's, in Wes's alliance. Like, Kenny and Laurel yeah. just dominated. And we're getting to that point now with Jordan and Tori where they're just wrecking house week after week after week. And, like, okay, with Josh... Um, you know, Polly and Kara got someone on the other side of the house out, but eventually they're going to have to start putting their alliance members in because their alliance is too damn big. So this is like if jo Jordan and Tori can keep it rolling, it's going to be interesting. That said, I'm pretty sure there's only maybe three episodes left of this season, maybe four. Yeah. So they're just about there. They've just about For done sure. it. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy for sure. And what a performance. I'm like, I'm honestly blown away by Jordan's performance. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me as always on Twitter at Shell Alexander, slowly recovering. Well, I don't, I can't even say recovering cause I'm still in the middle of it, but <laughs> from yesterday's events that, I know people south of the border that listen to this podcast, people in America might not understand, but when the Toronto Maple Leafs fire their head coach 15 minutes before your television sports show is about to start, <laughs> it makes for a busy day. So, yeah, coming down off of that, Raps postgame shows you'll see on the timeline as well. So lots of stuff going on, but... Hit me up with your challenge takes. I really do appreciate it. And I and again, I love all the comments that we get as people are listening to the pod each and every week. I do read them and I do like enjoy them and laugh at the jokes and appreciate people, whether they agree with us or disagree with the comments that we say during each episode. But yeah, keep hitting us up. I don't know what you're talking about, Sheldon. Everyone agrees with us all the time. We're brilliant. Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jchidleyhill. Um, also, if you're feeling, you know, bougie, uh, you can find me on Vivino, my wine app. 
And you can also get me on Goodreads if you want to look up my name. <laughs> that That's what I'm bringing to the table this week, Sheldon. That's incredible. <laughs> well played. Thank you. Well played. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.